Ok, so I guess the reason OPS Plus is... What uh, is that? Ok, so th- th- <laughs> there are different... Th- do we want to do that? Y- yeah, or no. Or do you want to just continue no. on? No? Ok, no. continue on then. Actually, I think I can do this pretty quickly because part of the reason I've been thinking about this is because I've been trying to write this like newsletter that I write just for my one friend who's getting into baseball. So I've been trying to explain baseball stats to them in a very basic way. So there's there's like levels to base for baseball hitting stats. Let's just say in the realm of hitting, and the uh-huh. the basic this is just like the stuff in Moneyball, but it's like the basic hitting stat that everybody used to like assume was the whole thing was batting average, which basically just meant like every time you right. go up to bat, how many times you record an out versus how many times you get a hit and go on base. Right. But batting average is silly because there's times where you neither record an out or get a hit. Yes. So eventually, what do you do? A walk or uh, a sacrifice. Also, there's there's maybe even a couple other weird things. But a walk doesn't count the, as a hit. No. Walk is not a hit. Well, Andy, if, if your name <laughs> was if you were Billy Billy Bean or Paul De Podesta, and you were a yep. member of the 2002 Oakland A's, you would be. You know. Or like the 1990 uh, New York Yankees, I think. Yeah, you would. That question would be very. You would be put in right in there with being like, wait, yeah. th- this isn't a thing that we're counting, even though it's a thing that is productive to the game of baseball to understand. So yeah. they basically expand their knowledge to create the next level of the stat, which is uh, on base percentage. So that's like, it is counting basically batting average so like how many times you're getting hits and getting on base with also like right. if you get like walks catchers interference hit, hit by pitches any other scenario in which you could get sure you could get on base right. that is well, not you're, right anytime you're hit. not getting an out yes but then people realize that there were problems with that set also because it's like you can't assume that all batting is the same. Like if you're getting a hit and going to first base, that's not the same. It's like if you're hitting a home run, those things are not equivalent in value. You know, like if you're hitting a home run, then sure. you're getting a run. So eventually people came up with the concept of slugging percentage to basically equalize batting average under like whether how many bases you're getting when you get hits. And then ba- people came up with this great big stat that is called OPS, which is on base plus slugging. So it is how many times you are getting on base equalized to how many bases you are getting when you get on base. Okay. And that is basically, those are the components of what we call a modern slash line. Whenever you see like stats of a player on a game pop up, you will get those three stats. But people still think those are like insufficient stats to really capture like what the Mm -hmm. entire value of the game of baseball is. Because it's like... Mm -hmm. Because it, it like players getting hits in different contexts means different things. People will also have a problem with just like understanding, just like well, a walk isn't isn't necessarily like ba- the same value as like getting a hit, and a bunch of different other things. So there's this like more newfangled stats that people say co- use sure. called OPS plus, which is basically OPS, uh-huh. but it gets rid of it being 
there, there's no ads and it's four ninety nine a month and yes, uh, it, there's no ads four ninety nine a month. It basically, first of all, it gets rid of the concept of it being expressed as a percentage, and then just like equalizes it to one hundred. So, it, so you know, like if a player has like an OPS plus over one hundred, then he is good. If a player has an OPS one. OPS plus under 100 and he is bad. Yes. He's, and he's there's doing... a cu- there's a few a couple other like normalizing things that go into that like it gets corrected for uh-huh. like what the average was specifically in that season so like you can compare sure. someone from This is like how they how they invented the Fahrenheit scale of measuring temperature where they uh, were like maybe it feels right if it's hot then it's 100 possibly <laughs> but, kind of yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know the history of how they came up with. I think that. what it is. I, I, well, I think the history of Fahrenheit is they like put salt in water, and then we're like, this is the 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 hottest or the coldest or whatever. And that, I, I, yeah, right. So I'll I I'll say now. I I was saying that I I do slightly prefer OPS plus to OPS, but I do think that there's another bigger issue with OPS mm-hmm. that is not addressed by the normalization uh which is that OPS is double counting walk uh is double counting singles for no real reason uh and so I actually would so I would prefer uh woba is the thing that I prefer to OPS more than I prefer. Did you make OPS. this up? Did someone else make this up? Uh, no, I, I did know. not make up. It's called weighted on okay. base average and that is just you take all of the events that uh-huh. can happen, you figure out how good is that thing and you do that mm-hmm. I think basically just being like how much more likely does that event make scoring a run sure and then you just like add that all up and uh, do mm-hmm. some math to make it so that either that number kind of lines up uh, woba actually kind of lines up with the sort of scale of like what is a good on base percentage what is a good uh of like 330s like around average usually uh, 400 uh-huh. is like really good uh and then there's also wrc plus which is that but it does the 100 is average thing and certainly uh-huh. if i want to know how good a hitter is i will look at wrc plus and so has anyone done any work correlating this with the cost of peanuts at a ballpark welcome to well... can i kick it this is a podcast <laughs> about film festivals my name is jesse Catherine weber and i'm joined by Andy Gramuga, ready to end that cold up. <laughs> I mean, there's no like cutting that's gonna happen because we're recording this uh, like five hours ago. Uh, I mean, I was just—I'm Emilio Diaz, and I'm disappointing that Andy did not allow me to get into X Woba. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's next sure. week. No, yeah, I, we'll, I mean, we'll based yeah. maybe not next week, but we'll, maybe we got you that. know, <laughs> maybe maybe there's more. Um, all right. Uh, today, right? We uh, we have a TIFF schedule that we sure like, do. It's as is usually the case. We got it a few days ago, and it's like very close to finalized. There was mm-hmm. one announcement on Wednesday after that schedule came out. 
Mm-hmm. And there may or may not be right. any additional films added. I would lean uh-huh. towards no at this point, but there mm. will be just like tweaks to the schedule, uh, at sure. the very least. Right. But, but, I mean, they always add screenings of popular right. things. Right. Like, there'll be yeah. that, and like just like for some weird reason, this thing starts twenty minutes earlier now. Uh, uh, but yeah, we we are at the point of like I I don't think any of us like know what we'll be seeing, but we have a pretty well. Good no, idea. certainly we haven't reserved any tickets to anything. Oh well, sure, we, we don't have that, but we have a that. pretty good idea of like what we're trying to go for. Um, sure. Well, I do. Uh, uh, we we have had the opportunity to get to that point, I suppose. Uh, sure. So we're anyway. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna do some questions uh, that Emilio has prepared about Tiff. Uh, but before that, we can get into the the news that we have from other festivals. Uh, I guess we have a festival that ended recently, which is uh, Locarno. So mainly, uh, what we have from that is awards. Because uh, I, I I don't have like a good. This is what the buzz of Locarno was. Yeah, we don't handled. have a grid for that one to go through. Yeah, no, no grid. Um, but uh, the Golden Leopard went to uh, an Iranian film called Critical Critical Zone by Ali Ahmadzadeh, uh, which sounded interesting. Uh, and then the uh, special jury prize, which is the, supposed to be the second place, went to. Uh, what I think the talk of the festival was, uh, which was Radu Jude's film, do not expect too much from the end of the world. There's a very funny video that I retweeted that it is of Radu Jude giving the finger during uh, the like photo shoot or press conference afterwards, but I, I will be very clear that that is not what's funny. That's just like, He's kind of a silly guy. That seems like his thing. What's funny is the uh, all the people you can hear all the people in the room go, oh! uh, and yeah, I watched that many times in a row. Isn't he also like the statue? Like sort of look like he has his hand like propped on top of the statue, so it looks like it's all sort of one. Yeah, kind of. It's it's a it thing. is like it's a it's a funny sort of. Uh, motion that he that sure. you know, but yeah, I, I you know I I have no you know I have no problem with him uh, giving it to the establishment or whatever the goal is. But the thing that's funny is while, the, while the reaction. Their award. Yes, um, right, exactly. I'm just like he knows that he's just being silly and sure. seems to. Yeah, I I didn't like watch the press conference, but what I heard is that he actually sounded quite happy to accept it. Uh. I mean, yeah, getting the... a little bit of a Ruben Ostlund, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the best direction went to uh, uh, I think down. the first time Ukraine. Hmm? The best direction went to down. Was the joke I was gonna, I was making? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. South, I guess. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> is it? Um, I don't know. It is. Do you mean that's that. a good joke or a good direction? <laughs> direction. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, uh, I guess that's where Ben is. I went like to that. a Ukrainian first-time director, Marina Vroda, for the film Stepne. Uh, 
Congrats to her. Yep, they were acting. Pride. We don't. We don't need to go through all of them. Uh, the 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 uh, cineaste del presente, kind of their uh, version of uh, uh, uncertain regard, I suppose, or Orizonte is Dennis. I, I will mention that that uh, best film award went to uh, also a Golden Leopard went to uh, a film called Dreaming and Dying that I reviewed for Inro. That is kind of good uh is i found writing it, it, it's kind of it's it's kind of like uh you kind of just have to read the review because i i managed to i think get to what i think about it and there's not really a summarization sure. uh it's it's interesting i certainly did not uh was not annoyed that i watched it i did not <laughs> dislike it uh i was more like, dreaming or more dying which 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 is there more of uh it's gotta be dreaming uh okay. for sure there is some i did i i came up with the the phrase piscean violence occurred to me part way through and i had to write that into the review because there is some of that um and then yeah, there's another movie that didn't win an award in that section that i watched called uh family portrait and also reviewed that i think is you know i can't compare it to the other movies but i think that was you know also not like a a movie that i'm like this is so great everyone has to see it but i thought that was quite good uh especially for a debut uh with Derek campbell uh the canadian actor that the film was shot and set in texas uh, and then I did also see Lousy Carter, the uh, David Crumholtz film that was in the main competition, and that I feel like we we talked about that a lot. When yeah, the lineup was announced. I feel like yeah, that's it is like I, I don't think that we we realize that that his name is Lousy Carter. So that's oh first that's name funny. Lousy. Yeah, first name, name Lousy, last name Carter. Wow. Uh, um, it is thinking yeah. of, I hadn't seen a Bob Byington. I kind of had the thought of, right. Like, that's, it's like this, this director who like none of us have ever seen anything from, but he always works with like big, right. He works names, with interesting right? people. And I did think of, I think, uh, Andrew Bujalski is in this movie. Uh, I think Alex Ross Perry is in one of the ones he did with the one he did with Jason Schwartzman. And I did think of, there's kind of like a spectrum of like, Andrew Bielski, you're already starting as, like, not a super accessible filmmaker, but I feel like most of his films are, like, relatively inviting if you're willing to get on the same page as him. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Alex Ross Perry is, like, his his movies are just, like, more acerbic and kind of off-putting. And this is sort of just, like, more on that the, the spectrum of... I thought the performances were quite entertaining and really like the way it's written, but it is both like really kind of not, not even necessarily acerbic, just like very sort of like off-putting intentionally and also like conceptually kind of strange and the way that dialogue is dealt with is a little bit strange and the certainly like the way that uh, Lousy Carter reacts to finding out that he has six months to live which is the premise of the movie is strange uh but i i like that movie a lot even though the end is maybe a little too mm -hmm. cute uh, i mean i mean i wrote on letterboxd the whole movie is kind of get it kind of like goading you into being like 
all right, maybe not that. And I didn't have that reaction until the very end, which I'm like, maybe that just means it won. Because um, I did enjoy watching it. Uh, and then the other thing that we got is we got the spotlight lineup from New York. We got in the we got yesterday. Uh, they made up the spotlight gala, which will be Maestro, uh, which is on a like a Monday or a Tuesday. Uh, right. Well, and they're doing it in the uh, the New York Phil theater. Not right. Alice the David the the recently reopened David Geffen Hall. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay and dolby is like doing it up they're like rewire like they're yeah special video and sound yeah yep uh i mean how often which... does that place i guess they it would have video normally i guess i don't, I don't know yeah, yeah i mean have, i like, think screens i think of things yeah yeah and i think that uh new york has has used it in the past before uh i think it was being remodeled the last few years yes and although i do think they now like it's like there is wraparound like their seats behind the stage now so i imagine they probably won't use this Mm, (laughs) i don't think anyone wants to watch maestro backwards (laughs) (laughs) worst things in the world maybe Can, can you normally project and rear project a movie at the same time yeah i think so Maybe someone will figure it out for us. Um, the other movies in the spotlight section, or other titles, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I wanted I... to say before, it, it's like, I, I looked at this earlier and was like, oh yeah, this is interesting. And now giving it a second glance, it is interesting just how many different kinds of things are here. For sure. There is a lot of like, a lot of things it's, being presented yeah. in an interesting way. Big names maybe showing up with yes. weirder projects which, which than... has been the case before like they they I, th- I believe spotlight is where they put the um they did solaris with a live score last year uh th- there's been stuff like that where there's been like this is an event uh but there's maybe more uh, this year, uh, we've got the the Harmony Corin that's at both Venice and TIFF that we might get to uh, in a little bit, which will be preceded by a David Cronenberg short, which it says it's the North American premiere, though I don't know where it's premiering. Not in North America. Uh, that that's like is a it a inch. new work? It's a. I mean, if when it's. Did he... It must be. It, it would be strange if there were a non-new work that had played somewhere, had never played in North America. Uh, I mean, but it, it's, it's like a four-minute yeah. long thing. Um, right. Uh, I, I I believe it's new. Uh, I, I guess there is the, the Ackerman stuff. That, that is uh, stuff that's been uncovered uh, that's playing at TIFF that, w- that I mentioned a little last week. Uh, there's another Lanthimos that I guess uh, came premiered last East? year. Is he? <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's another Emma Stone thing. So I don't know if they made yeah. it in the middle. It's listed as 2022. It looks like it was maybe like a okay. It was it was a commission from the Greek National Opera. It looks like so okay, must no. have like played there. And it's a silent 35 millimeter film that's. Uh, 
Emma Stone and Damien Bernard, and that will have live scoring uh, from an ensemble of musicians and a choir performing pieces by J.S. Bach, Knut Neistat, and Toshio Hosokawa. How often do people write that as J.S. Bach? It, it, I was like, Pretty often. Like, yeah, okay. I feel like I feel like he signed things. I feel as like that, maybe when you like uh, often when you like get a piece of sheet music, it'll say J S Bach in the top yeah, right corner. I think that's they right. Don't have, they don't have room for Johann Sebastian. Yeah, I feel um, like if you, you wrote Bach, people would get it. Well, there's multiple Bachs, I believe. I, I believe think, he has. Yeah. He had like children who composed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Miyazaki film U.S. <laughs> premiere. Uh, yeah, we've and and they and New York bullied them into giving them a still. Tiff didn't that's do true. That. That's true. That's true. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, I don't know I don't, why. I, I did see another still did, of it around. There was another. Did, there, there were yeah, I think there were a few one. things that came out like a few days ago, and also like sure. I think the Tiff maybe announced it was the opening film before G Kids officially announced the acquisition. So that's maybe how that happened. Uh, the first three episodes of The Curse, uh, me and Emilio were talking about it, is both interesting that Josh Safdie seems to be barely, if at all, involved in this. Uh, th- this is the, the Benny Safdie, uh, Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone TV show. Uh, and Showtime also original, that, I believe. Yes, it's an A24 Showtime release. Uh, which I, and also I think it was originally na- announced just as Fielder's going to direct all of it, uh, but the Zellner brothers of Kumiko the Treasure Hunter and Damsel seem to have come aboard, uh, and they do say they will also be showing the sec the subsequent episodes uh, at Film at Lincoln Center throughout that, the run. That is that's funny to me to have just like a. Uh... Are they going to do it weekly, or are they going to just wait? I, they say during the show's run, is yeah, all they say. Yeah, my assumption so is weekly. I, I my assume there's like a weekly appointment to go watch the new maybe, episode of the show. But they're hour-long episodes. It might be like they'll continue to break it up into like either we do another three, and then we do four, or we do like two and two and another three. We'll see. It might depend on like where they. I assume it's premiering soon. I don't think that you know. I don't think Showtime said anything about it today. So yeah, we'll I guess see. I yeah. guess I looked at this runtime and I, I I guess I didn't clock this. It's like yeah, this is three hours. Yes, and it, yeah. seem, it is like this is the thing I'm excited for and I'm gonna watch. But it does seem a little crazy to sit in a theater and watch three hours worth of three <laughs> episodes of television. Listen, people, you know, people saw Neon Demon. People saw all these, you know. Yes, it is also like it's a right. It's a it's an HGTV parody. Uh, uh-huh. Who knows what? The, yeah, we'll see what this thing is. Uh, if this, I, and it's like, it's also like a a very scripted, I guess. Nathan Fielder thing. Like, I don't think there is any like. Of him. No, yeah, that I don't seems think it to is. be the yeah. yeah. Like certainly they're playing characters. Um, Fielder and Stone are apparently yeah. playing a couple. Asher and Whitney Siegel and Benny Soft is their producer. Yeah, but I feel but, like yeah. when it was first introduced, I was I did wonder like I it was always like they say they were gonna play characters. But I did wonder like if it was gonna be like a bad trip scenario where it's like maybe they're playing characters, but like. <laughs> 
sure. it's gonna happen in real but it, it does seem to be like mostly just like a thing they wrote which is interesting yes. for field there because that's not necessarily yes, how people certainly. know but it is it you know it is within that reality world so there's yeah. There's something there. Yeah, uh, I, 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 there for sure will be some like thematic connection to his previous work, even if it's not like. Yes. Uh, we have uh, their their world premiere is going to be the the like random. I guess we gotta show this somewhere because it's sort of prestige and coming out in the fall. Uh, Foe, the new film from Garth Davis with Saoirse Ronan, Paul Mescal, and Aaron Pierre. That's an Amazon yeah. movie. Uh, Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project, was a Sundance documentary about a poet, uh, Hitman, The Linklater, The Wiseman. I guess a little interesting to not put him in the main slate. Uh, Occupied City, the Steve McQueen. They've uh, got a lot of long boys in this. This This one has an intermission. Many of the other, I think it might be the only one that's listed as having an intermission. Uh, the intermission, Steve. I believe, having been where Jeremy O'Harris took his leave at the can screening. Uh, or where he started napping. I've forgotten that story already. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It had something to do with him not being attentive during that screening. Uh, the Errol Morris documentary premiering, uh, I think, at Telluride and also playing Tiff. Uh, the Ryuji Sakamoto, uh, the the film of his final performance uh, that's premiering at Venice. The Almodovar short, which is playing as part of the In Conversation with Almodovar that I don't think we've mentioned. Uh, and then the Sweet East. Right, at TIFF. Yes, also. at TIFF. Uh, and the, the Sweet East, uh, the Sean Price Williams film from director's Fortnite, uh, starring... Uh, uh, Talia Ryder from uh, Never Really, Sometimes, Always, as well as the aforementioned Jeremy O'Harris. Right. Here uh, labeled as comedy gold. <laughs> yes, as well as uh, Ayo Itabiri. Um And then uh, The Taste of Things is the new title for the Tron Hong film. What a just terrible english language type i or something i'm curious what things the taste, taste like and i'm excited to find out what right. they taste like <laughs> the, right. the taste of things <laughs> just uh yeah not uh, even the taste of food the taste yes. of things but, not, said it's, but the, it's like not uh, even like the taste of love you know it's right. not even like corny yeah. it's just like incomplete there's not a metaphor right. it's there's like not if they a, were like the taste a, of not stuff a, Right, it's both it's generic and also not a metaphor. So yes. it's like, what do you what what are you serving here? Yeah, uh, I said, what was it? I pulled in the uh, the Polish title to the group chat uh, earlier today. I think um, it is called. Uh, I can't find it. Whatever. It's uh, something relating that, to broth. Yeah, it's like the the yeah. broth of love or something. Much we funnier. We talked a lot today. <laughs> yeah, the passion of Dodin Buffon is what the direct translation of the French broth title and would be other passions. Broth and other passions. 
That's good. Yeah, that's great. It is and like, and other is always a good title convention. Mm-hmm. I think, uh-huh. it, which yeah. is like weird because it's like the central dish is like a stew, which I guess broth is involved on yeah. some level. But I wouldn't sure. what you, sure. really think of it as like very broth. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, that's you know we'll get. There's more coming from New York Film Festival. They've got they've got one section or two. They've got left. revivals and currents left. Yeah. Uh, which the the plan is to announce both of those next week, and then I think have a schedule out either at the end of next week or early the following week. Uh. Do do do. I think that's what I have for news. Let's get in, or I, I guess before we get into TIFF questions, we can get into the TIFF news we had other than that schedule, which is that before the schedule, we got um, the primetime section. You have anything sure. to say about that, Andy? Uh, the uh, Lulu Wang that's right. uh, series with um, Nicole Kidman is finally coming out. Mm hmm. Um, I think that is also an Amazon project. Um, but that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hasn't had anything since the farewell. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Other uh, than that, I don't think there was anything that I was like, oh, wow. Great. Um, and then after the schedule was announced, uh, they announced this, uh, uh, the Stop Making Sense, they're premiering the 4K restoration, and the talking... In IMAX. In IMAX, and the talking heads will be... All of them will be present and give a Q&A, uh, but all will not perform. To each other. Exactly. Uh, Spike Lee will be conducting the Q&A, and that Q&A also will be... The, the film will show in other IMAX theaters, and then that Q&A will be stream to other IMAX theaters which is like sure I guess that is a historic thing that's happening I think it was uh, 2002 the last time they were all just like in a physical space in public together uh but that both is not my or our beat and also does it doesn't sound abundantly interesting maybe uh, I will say about this that I do think this is sort of taking up the Taylor Swift spot this year. Yes. In that this is the sure. thing. This is like one. I don't know if this is a thing I've talked about on this podcast and that I have very curated feeds. So I actually don't see much movies thing. <laughs> and this is a thing that weirdly like sure. extremely penetrated outside that where I saw multiple people sense. being like, I need to go to it. I need to see. Cause it's just like, I sure. obviously a lot of people love the talking heads and they want to, yes. they would be excited to see them. Right, get I, I get it. It is just, and probably if I were a member of the public and was at TIFF for a bunch of time, I'd be like, yeah, sounds great. Uh, but it is also very easy to just talk myself into like, I've seen that movie in a form that looks good and don't need to watch people who don't like each other hang out afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I did wonder, like... Is Spike Lee a good idea to be the moderator for that? I, I mean, I guess... Here's the both sides argument. Here's argument. He is like a funny, chaotic presence, which sure. is like... I don't think he'll be flustered if they if they start sniping at each other. Like right. he's sort of the sort of person who's like very ready to like step into the middle of an argument and not really care about that. 
but I also don't think he's gonna put out fires. I also don't think he's gonna be like, hey, hey, let's right. calm down. I, it's, I think <laughs> if you're the talking heads, I don't know if he's who you pick, but I think he is more likely to uh, make that event entertaining than if, like, Cameron Bailey just did it. Yeah. And uh, I guess that they, I guess there's another thing to say about that. It's like part of the announcement was like the initial announcement was like they're doing the restoration and they're going to like premiere it like simul with a simulcast yes. Q and A, and then people were like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then Jerry Harrison's manager got on Reddit and was like, "Yeah, they're going to simulcast this Q and A with oh, there's going to be the official reunion of every of the Talking Heads at TIFF." before tiff had said anything which is yes, extremely strange that's also right? true but I after mean, the schedule had know. come out yeah it you know people just say things uh sure. you know if you're i mean Jerry well, clearly like manager, it was smart of tiff to make it a special announcement it got a lot of attention yes. like and know. like if you're jerry harrison's manager you're like i don't know what this reddit thing is i'll just say whatever and you're right because it didn't really well why was he on reddit if he doesn't know what it is <laughs> i don't know someone was just like hey people are talking about your client um I don't know. Well, I, I don't feel know. like that happens on Reddit with some regularity that people are talking about talking. It's Jesse. <laughs> well, sure, but they're like people are like saying an unsubstantiated thing about sure. uh, an event that your client will be involved in. I, you know, well, I do feel like there was like a more conciliatory than usual David Byrne quote, like right around when this. Sure, he is like, like I. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I do. I think they're going to announce at this event that they're going to do a reunion. No, but it does seem maybe more likely than it did even a year ago that, like, that is a thing that will happen uh, in the next few years. They will sell tickets to theatrical screenings of Stop Making Sense. That is. I think about as much. Also entirely possible. I think that that is. Yeah, I, I'm also. I'm not. That might be the. Goal. I would. I would not hold my breath to be like they're getting back together. They could no, do like one I mean, one big charity show or something. I suppose, but uh, well, yeah, it is. We'll see. Or just a number, right? I don't think there's going to be like we're back together, but I could see like uh, either yeah, like a some kind of charity thing like that, or a like brief. You get one more shot uh tour uh but yeah we got those things let's go to the questions yeah so this week you know we're gonna do our big tiff preview obviously we'll be talking about tiff a little bit before still there'll be a couple of things that you know come out a couple of news items and stuff but i think this for all intents and purposes is gonna be where the bulk of just like Everything we are excited to watch, excited to not watch, uh, and uh, have our I'm eye on dur- during sure. the during the Toronto Film Festival. And I have come up with some questions to ask my lovely co-host to answer. Yeah. So just to get there, you know, get a little bit of the temperature of how we're feeling going into TIFF. You know, it's always an exciting time for us to get to go to a film festival and uh, talk about yeah. all the stuff that's playing. It's sort of the thing we were created to do. <laughs> yep. In an ideal world, it's all we would be doing. Anyway. Yep. K-O-F-I slash K 
K-A-K. Jesus. Can I? Yeah. Coffee slash can I. Still time to force me to see Agra Drift. That's right. There is still time. Anyway. Not currently on your tiffer, but... No. (laughs) I will be in Toronto when it is screening, though, so I would not have to adjust my travel plans at the very least. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) I mean, uh... Yeah, we, we all of us got a chance to look at our schedules, have a preliminary thing set out. I may be a little ahead on my co-host on just like having my schedule more fu- fully. Oh, I know. Up. I I have a pretty, you know, it will change to some degree, but it will end up pretty close to what it is now. I think. Yeah. So, w- we ready to start with these questions? Yep. Yeah. What movie is your number one priority to see at the film festival? Now, I wrote this question with the sort of caveat of, you know, we all have different priorities of what Mm -hmm. we want to watch at film festivals. And beyond just like individual movies, there's just like individual kinds of movies and that we want to watch at these festivals and also just the conditions of when of how we're watching them at these film festivals so i asked my co-host to take into account the opportunity like whether having the opportunity to watch these movies at a later date or another venue matters to them because you know sometimes i guess i just wanted to differentiate this question from what is the thing you're most excited right, to watch yeah, at yeah. TIFF versus the movie that is at TIFF that we are most excited to watch? The, right. I mean, I can answer this like pretty in a pretty utilitarian way, which is that I it I I can like definitively say that it's a tie in that these were the movies that I would have had as the top two, and there is some like uh, conflict in the sketch. Not that I, I you know I think I will end up seeing both of them, but it's the uh, the Benello film and the Hamaguchi film are like those are you know the, the, the I guess there's a few but they're, they're the one the main ones that like if I go to the festival and do not see those two movies I will be mad uh, and the press screenings of those two movies do conflict they're both on that first Thursday which is generally a crazy day there is a second press screening of Evil Does Not Exist but it's after I leave uh, so I uh, we'll have to see public sc- a public screening of at least one of them to see both of them, except for that they also both conflict with Close Your Eyes, uh, that press screening, and that film does not have any other screenings of any sort while I'm there. So may end up trying to do public screenings of both, certainly if I, like, uh, on that ticketing redemption day, uh, miss out on a public ticket to one of those, I will just be like, all right, I guess I'm seeing that one and missing Close Your Eyes, which is also like relatively high on the list. I want to see it. And certainly, uh, like, can't, will I be able to see this movie by the end of the year is sort of my like uh, movies that if the answer is no, that gets a big up. They're certainly... There is stuff that is, like, going to be released soon that maybe not even necessarily in this lineup, but, like, usually there are things. And, like, there could have been things, like, probably if a David Fincher movie had been showing here this year, I would have gone to see it. 
probably if there were an Ethan Cohen movie even coming out later that month, I would have just seen that. But, uh, like, I want to see the Alexander Payne movie, but I can wait. I want to see Anatomy of a Fall, but I can wait. Uh, a lot of stuff like that. Andy? Uh, weirdly looking at, like, my schedule, I'm like, the thing I guess I was weirdly prioritizing a lot was, um, his three daughters. The sure. Azazel Jacobs movie, um, with Carrie Coon, Elizabeth Olsen, and Natasha Lyonne. Uh, it is, like, it's a world premiere, and I always do like seeing, like, being among the very first to see a movie. That's something that I, like, it tickles me. I enjoy that. <laughs> um... And, and yeah, I don't think, like, I don't think it has distribution or, like, at least certainly not any uh, announced release plan, uh, at the very least. Um, and yeah, Carrie Coon, of course, a, a podcast favorite. We're, you know, we always yeah. love to sing the praises of her. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, uh, I loved, uh, French Exit. That was, like, one of my, one of my favorite movies cool of movie. that year. Uh, um, yeah, that's a good way to describe, even though I think I'm more ambivalent towards you, also my sort of feeling towards world premieres, which is like, yeah, it tickles me a little bit. I'm not going to see a movie I'm not interested in, or it's not really mm-hmm. even affecting my priorities, and I wouldn't, like, be unhappy if I went to the festival and didn't see a world premiere, but it's like, yeah, when I can be like, ooh, this is a world premiere, it does tickle me. Yeah. For sure. Whether that's worth prioritizing that as a business model. Who can say? Tiff loves to tickle. I guess I was... uh... (laughs) Get tickled at Tiff. Whenever (laughs) whenever I do these uh, question episodes, I always forget to come up with my own answers. Sure. Uh, You don't have to. I mean, if you want to... Yeah, you can be the the asker if, if you want. But I feel like you sure. know, it's just the three of us, so I should come up with something. Sure, sure, sure. And it's you know, it's weirdly tough because I'm just like, I sort of think this tiff has settled into being a lot of stuff where I'm just like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm like eight out of ten excited to watch that, you know. Where, but I don't think there's anything where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm dying to watch that even circumstantially. Interesting. I mean, I can say that, like, the other two that are on the, like, I will be mad if I go to the festival and don't see this are uh, the two other, uh, not the two other, but two Locarno movies, uh, the aforementioned uh, Radu Jude film, uh, and then The Human Surge 3, which did not win anything, but definitely uh, was getting some buzz. Sure. Uh, I guess as- I'll... S- yeah, as Jesse Cummings said on the podcast last week, it he shot it in with a like a VR camera, a a three sixty camera, and then uh like retrofitted that for a single screen. Uh you know, that first movie also, as I said last week, very strange uh, and creative and unexpected. Uh so uh- Okay. So I, I guess I'll I'll just narrow that. I'll just say the Miyazaki. I'll say the boy in the hair. Sure. Thing I'm most excited to see. I, th- I think if I just looked at this list and I was like, if I don't watch this after TIFF, which of these movies would I be the saddest that that happened with? And I think it would be that. Even though I think that is another conver- that is another movie that is in the conversation. I was just like, I will not be there for the first two days of the festival, so I will not be at 
the world premiere, so I will be. It, it, I am slightly less tickled to watch it than <laughs> if I could be. Yeah, I'm not making any attempt to be at that. Uh, it, well, it would be an international premiere anyway, which is far less tickling. Uh, I don't know. I do. I it, weirdly, it tickles me more to be at a critic screening that functions as a North American premiere that like is before the public one. Sure. Uh, where I'm like. Ooh, it's just the critics, and we're the first I'm people one of to the see this now. movie in like... North America. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> the public just hasn't had the opportunity yet, yeah, and won't for another six hours, maybe, That's right. maybe eighteen. Yeah. For the next six hours, this one's all for Jesse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like uh, well, it, especially uh, when I went in twenty twenty one, the the sure. I was at the first North American's premiere uh, screening of France, the Bruno Dumont film. Sure. sure. I, yeah, I mean, it, it not being a world premiere, I guess it slightly lowers it, but it is sort of like, it is an international premiere, so it's only been played in its original yep. country, and also people have the entire like weird secrecy, like no screenshots yes, that's thing true. about it. So you st- there's still, there's more yes. mystique to a non-world yes. premiere for yeah. that movie than there are for yes, most other that's true of that kind of movie yeah they and, they certainly like it will not we did get that one the, those few stills recently it will not make it to an american release with that little information uh presumably will not even make it quite to new york with like we really right. you, you can certainly look up like reviews that are written in english or have been translated and some plot stuff but there there'll be more known about it to like average uh you know not average people but like people who read a lot about movies are likely to know more about it even by the time it makes it to new york for sure Moving moving on to the second question What's a movie that you don't think is on people's radar that you think people should be looking at? Um, I can go first for this one. Great. Yeah. Um, the I mean we t- we've talked about it a couple I, maybe once or twice. Um, American Fiction, the Court Jefferson movie with Jeffrey Wright. I think I feel like they're betting kind of big on it. Like looking at it, like it has three screenings, mm-hmm. public screenings, one of which is premium. And they're all in pretty like like it's two Royal Alexanders and a Scotiabank one, oh, so they're sure. all pretty big venues. I feel like so that feels to me like they're like they think it's gonna play well. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm I'm reading too much no, into I, that sort of a thing. It could be right. It's got a pretty n- namey cast, which I guess is maybe is part of why that is the case. Yeah, but I do like I'm very curious about it in general yes um and i do like i do think it's like it like court jefferson is not like a name director unless you like love Watchmen or whatever yeah. like yeah um, i have the so... book erasure that that's based on on my kindle i maybe can get to that before i i am very curious about that as well yeah so that's my pick uh, I mean, I'll just say a movie I have seen for this question, which is that uh, I could go to this festival, see 25 movies, and none of them could be better than The Delinquents, and I'd be perfectly happy with that. Uh, that movie is 
really exceptionally good, I think. Uh, Argentinian film, Rodrigo Moreno. Uh, I, uh, I wrote a review of that as well. You can read that if you want some more convincing. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's quite long. It's like two hours, 40 minutes. Uh, but it is like just kind of floating along through like different genres and different sort of conceits and just like never feels long it never is like wearing out any welcomes on anything and also like doesn't feel disjointed because it is uh got a really strong sort of character basis uh, i i just I, I really love that movie yeah that's a movie i'm certainly prioritizing and i'm very excited to see uh for my pick this is a movie that i kept looking at when i was looking at the tiff lineup and i kept just like putting it on my short list and trying to find a place for it on my schedule and right now i think i'm gonna watch it because it seems very exciting to the point where there are these movies by these big name directors i'm considering watching this movie over it but it's this movie called 100 yards directed seemingly by two people called the uh, Zhu Haofeng and Zhu Junfeng, which is sort of this, uh, it's like, it's like a Kung Fu movie. It's a martial arts movie, uh, that I, I, you know, a lot of these kinds of like weird genre movies play Tiff and I never really pay that much attention to it, but I saw a trailer and I was like, wait, this looks really cool and like shot very interestingly and the choreographing seemed very like specific and you know beautiful to watch just like in that little trailer it's like set in 1920s china and i was just like that's this exact sort of thing i would like to take the chance on at a film festival Mm -hmm. so so i would say like people should go watch that trailer if anything and and see if that's the sort of thing that intrigues them because it did intrigue me uh, sure, and I can also say it as something that uh, maybe will speak to several questions that I sort of am almost just like uh, ignoring wavelengths here and that I'm just like that uh, I, I feel so confident about the programming of that section that I uh, both feel confident trying to prioritize anything in it and in uh, telling people that the things in it will be interesting and good. Uh, though sure. I don't know, maybe there'll be a few more things I specifically mentioned from that. The Jew Day is in there. Yep. Next question. And, and Human Surge. Yes. Okay. This is sort of a more philosophical question for how mm-hmm. we're looking at TIFF rather than a specific one, but it's a. Uh, did the second half of TIFF announcements change your feeling on the quality of the selection as a whole? Which, and, and I would like to point out that this is also sort of like a qualified answer of it is relative to expectation rather than... Sure. I, I'll i just uh, say briefly that I uh, addressed this exact question during the monologue that I did that's in the middle of last week's episode. Uh, so we'll let you two answer it and if i feel the need to argue any points uh, but my answer there was uh quite pretty definitive yes 
I guess I, I did listen to it. I guess the, the one thing I would like some clarification on is... I think you, I guess the reason why I said that this is within context is I know you were always expecting wavelengths to be the thing that you were more excited for and that that sort of stuff to be more of the bulk of the things you wanted to watch. And I guess it is just like, did those things come out and they meet met expectations? They or exceeded did they, ex- they, they, expect- they I, I, yeah, th- this is what I was saying of like, uh, it feel like my expectations had been lowered, especially by last year. Uh, and this feels above that. Like, there's a pretty short... I guess we can get to the, that next question, but with the sort of, like... Yeah, I, I'll wait till the next question to say what I was about to say. Yeah. And Andy, another person who's answering this, I'm fascinated by, as I would like to give you the platform to speak sure. about how you were more positive on this lineup than yeah, the rest I, of us before. You know, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I feel like my approach to festivals in general is, like, I really value, like, going into a movie not knowing what I'm going to think of it. Uh, to uh, it, Or not even being sure that I'm going to like it. Um, uh, more than perhaps y'all do. Um, and I, like, I also don't try to get too tied into, like, a specific movie... Or, or even small small set of movies, like, being what I'm excited for at a festival, sometimes that fails. Like, they announced that The Fablemans is playing, and I'm like, well, that's, like, the most exciting thing I could have heard, or whatever, like, last year. But, um, uh, but like, I, I, you know, there was, there's certainly, like, I, can, you know, was holding out hope they were gonna, like, add Maestro or something. But, like, uh, them not doing that didn't really didn't really change like i was like i'm excited to go and like i did get the feeling like looking at the schedule and it is usually the schedule that really does it for me where i'm like all right like i'm gonna go see the movies like i'm going i'm going away and i'm, I'm, I'm taking vacation and i'm seeing the movies and like i generally always feel like there will be a lineup that i where i can feel like i'm seeing the movies uh to some extent uh, no matter like what like high profile uh, mm-hmm. things they don't program. So I guess like I it, it's weird because I feel like I didn't have like I don't have like expectations in the same way out of like mm-hmm. the lineup maybe that you that you do or that yeah. you're thinking about it as uh, it's just like I'm excited to go to like movie camp and like had and, and and catch a bunch of movies uh-huh. and like. Like, my arguments for, like, why I like TIFF and stuff have always been, like, you know, like, how compact and how, and, and like, how, and how mm-hmm. packed the schedule is, as opposed to other, like, festivals that you could go to, um, and, like, and how affordable, obviously. So it's, like, it's, like, yes, this fulfills all, it's still, you know, less, maybe less so than, than, than ever, but, like, you know, it's uh it, it fulfills all the requirements of like what i want out of a film festival which is like they're showing a bunch of movies they're showing them in a relatively short amount of time they're showing them frequently uh and i you know and 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 i and i get to go see them yeah and that you know part of it is just like i even if i hadn't been like trying to become more serene about what the actual movies are i think i sort of just would because like uh, that Toronto trip has just become like, a, oh, I have like friends in Toronto and we'll also see people who are going to the festival that like 
I would be I would not be that disappointed if like I did you know to like have a trip that's like oh there's a lot of movies that I wish were here I'm not gonna see as much as I'd want to but like that's fine because I'll just hang out with people more sure I think I am am sort of in that camp but I I guess I don't know if like well it's all right if Tiff sucks because I can do other things (laughs) than necessarily like a (laughs) <laughs> sure the point of view that uh, sure. i don't know it's interesting i i think i'm sort of on the jesse side of just like i i looked at that wavelength lineup and like centerpiece stuff and and was just yes. like looking at looking through the movies i was able to conjure up enough stuff to be like you know what i'd be excited to watch this so it's like yeah it's all right like yeah I, they did a really good job with that centerpiece section too uh i think the i still don't really know why luminaries exists exactly the way it does but it seems to have maybe had a positive effect on what the, the lineup looks like uh but yeah they uh ask the next question it can lead into the other thing i was gonna say yeah for sure uh the next question is what what movie are you the saddest is not playing the festival? Like, what is the yes. one thing if somebody gave you ultimate power over the Toronto Film Festival and film festival landscape in general that you would take and you would play there? Mm-hmm. So, I first of all, I'll say that I just uh, took out of consideration anything that has not had either a release or a premiere announced for this year. Uh, but then the uh, the the sort of macro thing here is that it is going back to the like, this is just the like, what are the movies that I'm like, oh, I now just don't know if I will end up getting to see them by the end of the year that I'm really excited for. And it just feels like that list is a much shorter list than it was last year. Uh, but definitely at the top of that list is uh, Janet Planet, uh, yeah. which I, I'm hopeful I will make it to New York to see that. Uh, but that that that's what I would answer that question with uh, the Annie Baker film. And there's a couple of like, uh, uh, you know, if I were going to have runner ups, it would be like I, I'm disappointed the Lisandro Alonso movie that is in the main slate in New York isn't here disappointed but not at all surprised about the Christy Puyu film that seems like it will be world premiering in San Sebastian except for the weird secret screening that happened in Transylvania uh but yeah Janet Planet's the like sort of number one with a bullet though I am excited for those other two movies too Andy yeah, Janet Planet's up there probably. I mean, that would, especially like that would just be, I think, great to see with like a cool crowd who was yeah. like into it, uh, mm-hmm. which you know, not guaranteed uh, in my mm-hmm. neck of the woods. I think just because Andy Baker is not a, a, a known quantity uh, yeah. as much. Um, I guess like, and also like, yeah, the other thing that comes to mind is Maestro, especially now that they're doing like we're doing a special tech high tech or whatever. Like I love a high tech gimmick screening, like seeing Roma at the first TIFF I went to, where it was like, everyone kept talking about the sound design or whatever. I'm like, 
oh, I really want, like, I would love to see it, like, really, like, perfectly technically realized sure. in a way that, like, Again, I'm, I'm not, I'm sure not a trillion percent convinced that's not just, like, a logistics of watching movie that David Geffen Hall versus sure. a thing they yeah. actu- are actually planning. Listen, I will, listen, I'm the guy who's, like, I want to sign up for, like, the premium plus tier of any streaming service before I even know, like, what that gives me. Like, I want all the whiz-bang tech. I want you to tell me there's all the whiz bang tech going on, even if I don't understand like any of what it is. That's just next year we're a real sending, a real weakness. Next of year mine. we're sending Andy to Venice to do all the VR stuff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, you could go to Tribeca. They've got lots oh. of VR there. Don't tempt Andy with a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've heard that Tribeca has become more VR mode uh, focused since it was bought by a Murdoch. Great. Do you yeah. have an answer to this question? Yeah, I, I guess I kind of do in that I guess I will admit to having a slightly different priority that film festivals generally than my other two co-hosts is just like living in a place where distribution of right. 99% mm. of these films is like very like iffy. Yeah. So even there are stuff there are movies that are like very big things that you would be like you don't, Mila. You don't need to watch Ferrari at a film festival. Ferrari's gonna screen. Oh you. sure. Where, where yeah. I would, where I, I would I be like, yeah. where I would be like, you don't. May, Ferrari might not screen near me. Like, yeah, ne- uh, it's neon. <laughs> that is very yeah. possible. But uh, yep. you know, I've I've stated my enjoyment of Pablo Lorraine here on the past. We've talked about Pablo. Oh Lorraine. yeah. Sure. I would like if that movie screened at TIFF. That would be yeah. cool. That seems like yeah. a cool movie yeah. to watch in like that a movie nice is... screening. Yeah, I had that in the news document and as something to say during the monologue that came out of the, in that interim period and genuinely do not remember if I said it. Uh, but that movie is going on Netflix on September 15th, I believe. Uh, yeah. So it will be out soon. I saw that it looked like it screened for critics in New York today. You might have to ask some questions about I, its quality. Yeah. But, uh... We'll figure it out. But you know, you know, Ferrari, Priscilla. I would love it if all those movies were playing. Yep. I think Jan- I, I, we're. I think if we had to pick one of the staff, we'd all just say Janet Planet and move yeah. on. I'd just be like, we would all lo- love to watch that movie, especially as somebody making this specific trip to go watch Annie Baker's new play in New York. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, it will be a single trip to New York to do the two of those things for me. Hopefully. Andy, any plans to go watch Andy Baker's new play? Uh, only if I hit the lotto. Yeah, it's you know, timing not good with Tiff. Uh, unless it happens to be in the middle of where I, Tiff yeah. and where you're coming from. I'm st- yeah, I'm ho- plus I gotta prioritize. I'm hopeful I can see Merrily uh, mm. in, in, mm-hmm. in the wintertime this year. So, sorry. Sorry, sure. Annie. I, so I wrote these two things as these next two questions as like two questions, but I'm just going to roll them into one question because sure. I don't think it mm-hmm. makes sense to ask. I was just like, what's a lower key movie that you're like hot for? Like, what what's the thing you are like, you look at the description and are like sort of vaguely interested? You may or may not actually watch it, but you are sort of curious about to see what the reaction to it uh-huh. is. 
I mean, this was kind of where I had American fiction, though I think I probably will end up seeing this movie even without prioritizing it, just because that press screening is fairly unopposed. Uh, but if you all want to talk, I can maybe come up with something more interesting to say. Andy, anything, any of the things you're watching where you're just like, huh, that's interesting. Um, I, uh, I weirdly, I guess I haven't looked that closely at the schedule because I just keep scrolling through it. And I'm like, oh, I have the Anna Kendrick movie on here twice, um, which I won't be doing that. But, you know, uh, I guess I'm weirdly into that. I, I you know, I've talked about the Coleman Domingo excitement mm-hmm. and i think sing sing is like definitely the hot, less high profile thing that i think sounds really cool and really like something that i would like to to see there's also like a couple of movies with some of the kids from reservation dogs in it and like i think those are like some really exciting up-and-coming actors and i'll probably try to see it is that show shot in canada the with them i don't think so no but i couple of them are canadian i think some of the kids are um i think it's shot in like you know oklahoma or whatever wherever it's set. What, what's, i haven't started the third season yet what's sing 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 is uh the it's a coleman domingo uh produced project it's about like uh a theater in prisons uh program i think where the like yes. the inmates are putting on um uh I think they're, I think they're like devising a play, um, and so they're like they're you know, uh, my background's in educational theater. I knew tangentially some people who were doing like theater, uh, theater in prisons work, uh, which I never like got to experience. Obviously, it is a that's you know it's a cha- it's a challenging thing to do, and, and especially a challenging thing to like experience like as just like a taste a casual like a like you if you're not diving right into it fully um but it but it seems really cool uh paul racy's in it um yeah i think you know it's it's it seems like a really like interesting project and i like i'm all for like a big year of coleman domingo too so you know we've talked about that plenty okay Uh yeah that looks interesting the I'll say I still am not gonna go see it, but the the Chris Pine and movie I was, I I was already like I understand why cool people man. are a little cool more interested cool in this man. than cool sort of the like <laughs> average. It's on my uh, schedule, <laughs> right? Than the like average. This is some dire- uh, actor directing a movie. It's the, the only movie directed. this year and also in the last like. Even going back before the pandemic, the only feature, at least, that is showing in 35 millimeter at TIFF. Oh, they're projecting it on film? Yeah. Uh, like, wow. there there have been shorts. In, well, maybe there wasn't last year, because uh, I think there was one that was supposed to be screened on film, and there was a shipping issue. Uh, but that that has happened in the recent past. Uh, but I don't, I think it's been a while since there has been a feature. Uh, it doesn't happen at like film festivals in general anymore. So that's odd. Sure. But hey, Poolman. It's Poolman yeah. for sure. I it, Poolman is like one where I'm like, 
I'd watch it on a laugh for sure, but I just don't know if I could fit it in. But mm-hmm. but if I just had like a free like spot on my schedule and Pool Man was there, I'd be like, you know mm-hmm. what? Let's Pool Man. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a Pool Man screening uh, while we are planning to attend a Toronto Blue Jays game is when one of them is. Sure. Uh, but that's probably not the press screening. I don't know when that is. Yeah. I guess for my answer, uh, I'll say uh, this movie called El Rapto by a Argentinian director named Daniel Agogi. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I guess like I think I think me and Jesse have talked about it a little bit, and I just have I guess just have generally expressed on the podcast of just like it's it's a little weird, but it's almost like if a movie has like Argentinian an Argentinian <laughs> background, I at this point I'm almost like I'd be willing to give that a shot. That's maybe good. There's like, there's a bit of that. I did I I've come to realize of late that part of that. Uh, and I think that, uh, I, I've thought, you know, sort of the center of that has been, uh, El Pamparicine, which is the, uh, collective that, uh, Mariano Yinis and Lara Citorea, uh, founded with two other, uh, directors, uh, who also edit and do cinematography. And I did, and, like, also, like, Yinis has co-written a lot of, uh, movies with uh, other directors and I did realize recently that Mariano Yinis is just like the most prominent screenwriting teacher at the main film school in Argentina uh, so that is maybe where some of it comes from of like even uh, directors who are not necessarily writing with him it is not necessarily likely but there's a reasonable chance that they did uh, study screenwriting with him at some point, or that that has just, like, filtered into their work. And, like, there's other, like... Uh, I, Rodrigo Marino, has, who directed The Delinquents, has been around for a while longer, uh, but there are also influences, and, uh, like, Laura Paredes, who is the star, one of the stars of La Flor, the star of Trenke Laukin, uh, has a smallish role in that movie so definitely that's like but then like the human surge three uh eduardo williams is argentinian and i don't know how involved in that sort of group he is and that's a sort of different type of like whoa there's a bunch of stuff going on here but it's also like uh he thought he died i think also is it it is by an Argentinian filmmaker. Uh, maybe not. Uh, no, that's Isaiah Medina. Uh, who's, yes, uh, there, I think that there was some. There was something else I had looked at that I was there, also. Yeah, yeah. There may be. Maybe one day, me and Jesse will do an episode or something on just like modern argentinian cinema but uh sure and like there's like uh me and andy saw uh about 30 when it was playing berlin which is like which is great a a fairly different movie but i think still is just like a creative approach to uh sort of screenplay and storytelling 
uh, but in a, a more accessible right. way than I assume that has like not gotten movie. picked up or anything for U.S. distribution. No, I don't think it's been it picked seems, it's up. I don't pretty think pretty accessible. Played. Yeah, it, it it's would too do well. bad. I it might still be in currents at New York. I yeah, sure. I that's almost a like. I wish that was here just because like it would be nice to tell people to see that movie. That's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and for the last question. I'm going to come up with a, a, a nice little framing for it. Okay. Andy, Jesse, let's yeah. say you fly into Toronto mm-hmm. September 6th, the day before the mm-hmm. festival really starts. You decide to just have a nice walk around Toronto, eat at a restaurant, eat at just some spots, just figure out what's up. Mm-hmm. This could happen to me. This could happen. Yeah, it, that is when I'm flying in. If I'm not too busy with uh, bidet installation, that could for sure be what goes on. A stranger, you know, decides to sit down next to you at a restaurant or at a park bench, and they just strike up conversation. They ask you what you do. You say you host a podcast about mo- film festivals yeah. and movie that film festivals. And they're right. like, oh. They say that supports you financially? And I say, no, it does not. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so you're here for TIFF. And you're like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm here in Toronto. I, I don't know if I'm going to watch anything yet. Is there anything I should check out? What do you tell them? Mm-hmm. It's hard to know without, like, because you because obviously you want to suggest something that like they'll be able to get a ticket to there's that. so it's hard to know without like super being super clear on like what have been the pre-sale sellouts or whatever because like my impulse is like tell them to see hitman or whatever like the link like i feel like that's like an easy sell to almost anybody uh it'll be it'll be interesting it'll be fun it'll be funny it, it it'll be like artistic because it's a link later um so that's my first instinct, but then I also like that one might sell out. Like I, I feel like they don't have a yeah. ton of screening. Let's say for it. the purposes of this question, you're not worried about things selling out. Sure, I'll, I'll answer because something stuck out to me kind of weirdly, uh, and that I was kind of thinking like, well, I do kind of want to tell them something that like they wouldn't just look at the list of movies playing and even and be. If they're a person who knows a little bit about movies, being like, "Oh, that looks interesting," and uh, but also wouldn't want it to be something that, to someone who is not really a movie person, would be like off-putting. And certainly, there'd be some like judgment of like where I would fall on that scale based on if we've been, you know, even talking for like a minute or two. But one thing that stuck out to me that I'm not sure I'll see, uh, but I'm intrigued, partially because the schedule, uh, but that I'm interested in is this movie Riddle of Fire that premiered in Director's Fortnight uh, that I, it just sounds interesting. I've been curious to hear like what the deal is with it, uh, but it sounds like it's just like, a coming of age like pretty like chill kind of like indie like sort of sundancey or south by southwesty but like the fact that people at can were like saying like it is that sort of vibe but we really like it just is interesting to me 
Um, and so I'm just curious what that movie is. There was also like, a, it was kind of stood up as like one of the main examples of like, this is a thing that's in director's Fortnite that like no one knew this existed and wasn't on any radar and didn't have any representation. And I, I, I was, when it was announced for TIFF, I was like, Oh, Leo Tipton is in this movie. There is a sort of famous person in it. So it's not totally coming out of nowhere. Clearly there was some sort of connections involved in getting this movie made, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just a movie I'm interested in that I feel like based on what I've heard, I could just tell a random person and not have on my conscience them being like, what the fuck is this shit? Sure. My pick yeah. would be a movie I have seen. Sure. Which is Anatomy of a Fall. Sure. Mm -hmm. That is one, yeah, I mean, they're screening it early, so I think I'm going to miss all of that. I'd have to, like, mm. get in especially early on the day I'm arriving and, like, try to figure out an early check-in at my Airbnb if I wanted to see that one. So I don't think I'm going to make it. Yeah. That's a weird screening schedule for it. Yeah. yeah, I think they do that with canned stuff often, where they'll just yeah. like do a couple of upfront and then. Yeah, but it's it's sort of weird that they don't do like the random like one in the back, like one is like sure. the set the like Sunday mm -hmm. weird. But yeah. uh, I think it's a movie that it won the Palme d'Or. It has all those bona fides, but I also think it is a fairly accessible movie. Like it is a courtroom drama, and while there is more of like interesting psychological thematic heft there i don't think any of it is necessarily presented in a way where you would be like confused or like turned off by it going like overly arty or anything it is sort of uh it's it is sort of just more mo it's more interesting in thematics than it is in execution. So I don't think it would necessarily put people off, even though it is, like, in French. And I think most people would, I guess, enjoy the weird word to use for that movie, but it's like most people would, you know, they would get it. They would feel something from it. And I feel yeah. like it, it is a fairly safe recommendation to make. And I also think it's a good movie, so people should watch it. And with that, I have our final scenario. Oh. This Which, didn't make the screenshot, I think. It didn't make the screenshot, but it is something we did discuss earlier. Okay. Which is, imagine this previous scenario, Jesse. Uh -huh. This exact previous scenario. Mm -hmm. Except the person asking you this is Emilio Diaz. <laughs> what do you tell them? Uh... I I have your schedule up. What's not on your schedule? You do just have a lot of the interesting looking stuff. Um, now you know what? Let, let's let's actually shift you. I have a better order. <laughs> sure, Jesse. Andy Germuga is the person I asked. Sure. 
in that I've... case, I'll just do try to do the delinquent cell on Andy, which is that uh, it's not quite a movie that I would tell the like, this is a, a person who I don't know at all. Uh, sure. Go see that. But I do think it is like not nearly as off-putting as the mm-hmm. average just like this is some weird jesse bullshit uh i think it is about as like entertaining and inviting as yeah. a uh two hour and 40 minute or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh movie that isn't in english uh can be it, it yeah. it's like i Obviously, because of the length, it's not like you're going to be constantly rolling in the fl- rolling in the aisles. But there are some like re- where some really strong glass for me, even just like mm-hmm. sitting in my room watching it. I will say independent of this recommendation, it was on my short list of okay. like, just based on the I think on the image and like the description alone. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting yeah uh without me making the connection that it was something that you had already seen in like yes. so it is something maybe i will uh try to work harder to try to get that onto my schedule andy germuga yes previous scenario the person sitting next to you is emilio diaz sure um what do i want emilio to go see um Yeah, I mean, honestly, I might try to pitch you on Sing Sing, previously aforementioned. I think, like, it's going to be... I think it's going to be... I think it will go into some weird places in a way that I think would would appeal to you. Um, And I think, yeah, I think that is... um, It's just, like... Yeah, I, I I can see you connecting with like that premise and and and, and that world, um, as 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 something like interesting and and uh, with um, you know, you know with with uh, uh, a lot of um, like it it's able to it seems like it'll be able to be like both both the grounded and the like more experimental thing combined. Uh, based on the on, on what I'm what I've gathered about it so far sounds interesting now I guess it's time for me to try and find the movie for Jesse to watch sure I'm looking at Jesse's schedule and uh you know she has a lot of movies. We we have a lot of the same movies. But yes, that's true. However, you know what movie has a fun title? <laughs> What's, What's that? that? Humanist vampire seeking consenting suicidal person. That that's on my radar a little bit. You know, Montreal dark comedy. That sounds like something that Jesse could be into. That sounds up your alley. It, yeah, it is. I think I believe that is premiering at 
Giornate at Venice, which premiered The Maiden last year, uh, which was an excellent Canadian film. You know, I don't we... know if I have that on my short list, uh, in which case it should be. You know, we're all in, we're in Canada. You need to support some Canadian content. Yeah, no, I mean, there is, uh, I've got some Canadian movies both in this schedule and on the list. I mean, one thing I might just tell even a random person is like, there's an experimental movie in 3D. Go see what you think of that, even though it's playing with, uh, it's a short that's playing with a feature. Uh, and those are both Canadian, uh, Blake Williams and Isaiah Medina's films. Yeah. And with that, those are all the questions that we have this week. Uh, I hope that was like, I think, paints a fairly compelling portrait of like the sorts of things we're excited to see at TIFF and the sort of things to be looking at for TIFF from afar. Uh, we are excited to bring you coverage from TIFF uh, next month. I guess uh, three weeks from now. It's uh, really yep. getting up close to us. Yep. Uh Who's going to yeah. do plugs? I guess we do special presentations first. Yeah, and also there's plugs in the folder I can just throw on. No one needs to do them. No worries. Then special presentations. Do any of us have any special presentations? Uh, sure. I have. I can do two quick ones. Um, one is that um, a couple of weeks ago, I have been neglected mentioning this so far, John Patrick Shanley tweeted just a really important tweet that I'm just going to read right now. Opinions are reactionary. Having a bunch of opinions is a kind of of jail. A jail built by society to nullify what is truly human. The essence of a person transcends argument. This is where real exchange is possible and where real solutions are born. He tweeted that on uh, uh, August 1st at 12.59 p.m., uh and it really hit me that guy you got you make sure you're following him on twitter because he's 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 using it on another level um my second one is uh it is of course inevitable that i and i'm maybe blowing it by plugging it so early only murders in the building is back this whole season is about them putting on a musical with meryl streep in it uh the third episode in particular featured a a a, a song that in universe was written by Martin Short's character Oliver Putnam, but was in reality written by Pasek and Paul along with Sarah Bareilles, uh, that uh, Streep and Ashley Park sang, uh, and it's really incredible and wonderful. Um, it's called uh, something about a lighthouse. I forget the exact title, um, but it's really, really, it really landed. Uh, Look for the light is what it's called um and it's beautiful and uh it tied the whole episode together in a way that like i was like this is like such satisfying television um it's made just for me and i'm happy for it uh only murders in the building okay actually we'll do a very quick one Uh, i started reading a book called affinities that uh, i got a notification from the library that said they had acquired my recommendation and I do not remember at all what prompted me to recommend they purchase that book Uh, but I've uh, both felt some affinity for the ideas in it and have been using the word affinity a lot in the last few week or so 
Uh, my plug is a thing that will hope. Th- I hope this will ser- serve as a purge, because uh, I have become addicted to the iPhone game Mini Metro. <laughs> have either of you ever played Mini Metro? No. Yeah, I spent so. like a couple days on this. So it's basically this iPhone game where basically shapes pop up and you need to design train and subway tracks to get certain shapes to other shapes. And it, it, it I am genuinely worryingly addicted to it. It has truly consumed so many of my hours that I should be sure. spending doing other things. Are you good at it? I don't have a frame of reference for what being good at it looks like. I guess it would be what I say. I think I'm pretty good at it, but who does? Right. I think I'm all right. All right. Uh, I beat every level. Not that Shit, beating yeah. it is, is pretty hard, but uh, it's not. Hell it's yeah. like fairly easy to beat. To just like get a score on every level, but uh, yeah, it is just too good, and I just play it for hours, and I need someone to come. And delete it from my phone. Well, well, you knew that in Toronto, maybe. Yeah. Well, also, it, I only got it because it's free with an Apple Arcade subscription that sure. I got for free when I got my iPhone. So I, I right now I'm just like waiting for that to expire. And obviously I'm not going to pay for more Apple Arcade. So I think it'll sure. stop being a problem after that. But I do. I think I get Apple Arcade because I do Apple One. So I'd maybe have access to this. Andy, you should not play it. Okay, I won't. It is a tremendous game. It is maybe one of like my five favorite games of all time now, but it is sure. bad for me. Sure. It is a problem in my life. No yeah. joke. People might think I am kidding. I am not. I am genuinely... <laughs> I there do... are specific problems you can identify that have been created because of this game. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick It. If you want to follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram, you can do it at C-I-K-I Pod. If you'd like to donate any money to us, you can do so at coffee.com slash can I, ko-fi.com slash C-A-N-N-E-S-I. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to email us in, you can do that at canikickitpod at gmail.com. And if you want to follow any of us on Twitter, Andy is at Andy T. Germ. I'm at Cladley. Emilio is I'm Laugh Alone. And Jesse is JCP Glick Weber with two B's. <laughs> and with that, I will release our audience. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.